Grace and mercy and peace be yours from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Our text tonight is from the Gospel reading, where St. Matthew tells us now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And this is our text for this evening's Lenten meditation. Dear friends, it is high noon, according to the text, high noon. And yet an ominous darkness spreads over the whole land. And this one is a unique darkness, but make no mistake about it, it is a real darkness. Well evident and undeniable enough to be recorded in the secular archives of Roman history by the ancient Dionysius, who upon observing the supernatural phenomenon in Heliopolis in Egypt, is reported to have exclaimed this telling word. He said, either God himself is suffering or he mourns over the sad condition of a great sufferer. In these Lenten weeks, we've been talking about words. And Dionysius, I think, said it well. The darkness speaks. The darkness speaks. And it helps to explain the word that we hear echoing from the cross tonight. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Tonight it is that fourth word of our Lord from his cross that we ponder, that we consider. A word so full of anguish, so hollow with loneliness. But first the Father speaks. First God the Father speaks. But what does he say? Indeed, what does he say? Because there are no fatherly words bellowing from heaven as they had before to validate this one, this, this only begotten as his son. No words from heaven to tell the world how pleased he is with him. There is no audible heavenly portal of the kind that, that would, as, as it had in times past at the baptism of our Lord on the, the Mount of Transfigured Glory, no heavenly portal, audible heavenly portal of the kind that would seem to draw heaven that much closer to earth or the Father that much closer to us. Indeed, there was nothing. Nothing but darkness. Darkness, the color and the hue of absence. Heaven indeed seemed to be in retreat, and so too creation. In the beginning, with his word, the Father had illumined the world and scattered the darkness, saying, let there be the light. But now, this day, at the very hour when the sunlight would be in its glory, his word now hides the world in the shadows and under the cloak of darkness. Even the sun's rays have abandoned their course. In a distant and a far off way, but very truly, the Father speaks. The Father speaks, but it's the sound of silence. Friends, that's what being forsaken sounds like. Silence. 
hollow, empty silence. Maybe your life has known a similar sound of being forsaken here in, in, the, in the earthly things below. The silence of forsaken, the silence that you, you hear when the desertion or the abandonment of a spouse leaves the rooms of your house without the familiar noise of togetherness and laughter and unity and camaraderie, conversation. All of these that the walls of your house once enjoyed. It's the silence that perhaps you might hear if, if your sons or daughters or siblings or other family members or friends have, have forsaken all conversation and communication, either with each other or perhaps with you because of some rift that has yet to be reconciled. Sound of silence is what you hear when your loved one, perhaps a longtime husband or, or wife or family member of some sort with a loved one with whom you've shared countless moments side by side with, with a loved one cheek to cheek or arm in arm. The silence when a loved one is taken from you, taken from this world, leaving you a, a feeling and that sense of forsaken. Perhaps it was at the fault of another, perhaps it was at your own fault, or perhaps it was simply due to the the collective fault of mankind's sin, perhaps because of these your life has known those earthly moments of feeling forsaken. A bit of a lighter example perhaps, though I think to the point I can recall as a young boy enjoying one vacation with the family swimming at a hotel swimming pool. This was before we moved here to California. We were all, I guess, a bit younger. The children of the family were still of the age where none of us, being as young as we were, couldn't swim. And so we relied heavily on our father for our buoyancy. We took turns sliding down the swimming pool slide and splashing there into the water, splashing really into the strength of, of his arms, waiting there for us. But one time, one time one of us jumped the gun slid down too soon when my father was still helping others out of the pool. Now, I'm not going to tell you which one of us it was, but I can tell you exactly what he was thinking. <laughs> it was the longest couple seconds of his short life. Seconds that were really full of fear. And I mean full of fear because bobbing up and down, he could see that his father's back was turned to him. It was turned because he, again, it was his fault. He, he had jumped the gun. His father was still helping out a sibling from the pool. But he could see that his, that his father's back was turned and he didn't realize that he was there. It's a scary moment. Though, through the gasps and the gulps, cries were heard. And the strong arms, they drew that little flounderer near to him. And oh, to feel that security and that safety. We may have known a sense of forsakenness or the fear of helplessness, but my friends, whatever it's been, none, and I mean none, none, has known the horror of those three hours, those three forsaken hours, helpless hours, dark hours of Christ Jesus alone and abandoned there only with our sin on the cross. A gasp and a plea goes up 
A gasp and a plea goes up to his father, but, but there is silence. A prayer ascends, but the father's back is turned intentionally away. This is what being forsaken sounds like. This is what being abandoned by the father looks like. This is what your sin, let's be honest, and quite frank, what your sin and what my sin in all of its fullness looks like. The prophet Isaiah summed it up for us well when he said, Your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. And friends, he did hide his face that day, and he did not hear. This is the reality of all of our sins converging, as one has put it, converging with all of their damning and alienating power, converging though not on us, and that's the point, not on us where they should have gone, but on him who has taken our place, namely Jesus the Christ. I like how the first hymn that we sang tonight put it, in the third verse, because it is that so often we don't think rightly on this sin and on the gravity of it, and the eternal destructive nature of it. In the third verse of that hymn we sang, Ye who look on sin but lightly, nor suppose the evil great, here may view its nature rightly, here its guilt may estimate. Mark the sacrifice, though, appointed, and see who bears the awful load. Tis the word, the Lord's anointed, Son of man and Son of God. One has said, into this fathomless depth of the mystery of his sufferings we dare not, as indeed we cannot enter it. But I think it's fitting, friends, that we add this. Certainly because of Christ, because he has taken our place, we add that surely indeed we dare not, we cannot, but indeed we need not. We need not ever ever know the depth of being forsaken by the Father. We need never, ever know because he's known it for you and for me. And as we have with each word, each verbal ambassador that we've considered in this Lenten season, as each has each word of our Lord from his cross in this word tonight that we consider, we too see his heart unveiled, his soul unveiled for all to see. Moved by inner turmoil, he was moved by inner turmoil to pray, but he was moved by love to make it audible, so to make it heard. For what other reason would he have cried out audibly the prayer that he most surely ha could have and most certainly did? Speak inwardly and silently, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, it was for your ears to hear and your minds to cherish and your hearts to embrace. Consider it, friends. In that word, we see a heart that loved us so very much that he was willing to give himself over with, with such abandon to the desert of desertion that you and I had earned for ourselves. What manner of love the Father has for you that he would restrain himself with rushing, from rushing with, 
with arms wide and strong to the aid of his dear son. Indeed, what love he has for you that he would stand by and allow the despondent cry of his precious, dear, and only begotten son to go unanswered, and he did it for you. What a word. My God, why hast thou forsaken me? Christ's hell opened up for you and me our heaven. And so take these words of his home with you today and pack them well into your mind. Tuck them into your heart. Never, ever let them far from you. They're your receipt. They're your assurance that the Father's hollow silence of forsakenness has now indeed been filled with his light-breaking, warm-hearted, Christ-one word of forgiveness and pardon and reconciliation. Take these words with you wherever you go, out these doors tonight and into every day of life, whether it be home or school or work, into wherever and into whatever lies ahead of you. With these words close at hand and in heart, there is no place, no space, no far recess, no dark hour in this world that is or can be God forsaken. Take it from the one who knows, our risen Lord Jesus, who stood ready to ascend visibly from his disciples, but left them with this. He said, Lo, though you may not see me, I am with you always to the end of the age. Be assured, friends, that because the Father closed his ear once to Christ, he now hears you when you cry out. Because he did hide his face from Christ, his face is no longer turned away, no longer hidden, but is turned toward you. In fact, it shines upon you and is gracious toward you. Indeed, he lifts up his countenance upon you. And that's your peace. Friends, hold on to those words of his and his promise which holds ever true. I will never, he says, leave you, nor will I forsake you. Yea, even though we would walk through the valley of the dark shadow of death, we know it. Thou art with me. Forsaken. Forsaken. Never has such a despondent word been the comfort and the consolation of so many. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.